0: Higgins.
1: Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. At an early age, I learned to love the road. The shimmer of the heat off the asphalt, the long two lane highways that stretch from California through the high desert into the Pacific Northwest. Interstate 15, or the I 15. We traveled I 15 quite a bit. Through my early years and into my teens, we moved between Santa Barbara and Oregon. Washington, Montana, Alaska, and Idaho, chasing seasonal carpentry work, all the while exploring the Pacific Northwest for the perfect homestead. The longest and the most grueling highway that I'd ever been on was the Alaska Highway. It's also known as the Alcon Highway. The 1,382-mile road was the most unforgiving on my family and our RV. I stopped counting the tires strewn along the roadside like discarded bones of settlers that had had given it their best try, but had perished and turned to skeleton dust, trying to make their way to that Alaskan border. We also lost many tires on the Alcon Highway. I have a distinct memory of crossing the Alaskan border with two tires spitting rubber off like dough on a pie wheel. We literally limped into Alaska. We were not proud, but we were happy that we had made it. My favorite highways are the two-lane variety, stretching for miles and miles, heat waves rippling from the black asphalt and disappearing into the distance as far as your eye can trace them, like some sort of a mirage in the desert. Once when I was seven and we were living in Montana, I remember asking my dad about each offshoot dirt road that we passed. And I was so curious where they led. I remember thinking that one day when I could drive, I would return and explore every single one of those mysterious dirt roads. If you take the 101 to the 166 and you give yourself roughly two hours, five minutes, you will find yourself... In a beautiful valley surrounded by wildflowers, apricot, peach, and plum orchards. You are in the Kayama Valley near the Carrizo Plain. You are in Kayama. The Kayama River runs adjacent to the town, flowing west towards the Pacific Ocean. But I'm not headed back to the ocean, not just yet. I am drawn to the warm lights. The sounds of laughter coming from within, the smells, the clinking of glasses, and the music at a roadside hotel, restaurant, and bar. Although I'm exploring the mysterious highways, I hear the voice from my Maps app say, You've arrived. I'm at Kayama Buckhorn. We'll be right back.
0: Stevens, While I'm doing this and that and the other thing, at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe.
2: Hi, it's Suzanne Gowen from L.A. Restaurants, Luke, AOC, and Tavern, as well as the Hollywood Bowl. And you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. I hope you'll check out our event, L.A. Loves Alex's Lemonade, and join the cause.
0: Hey everybody, it's Tim Stack from It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack Telling you, asking you to watch the show Sprung on Freevee, Amazon's new free
1: channel I promise you it's funny, it's got heart And my shoulder appears in episode 3
0: Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com.
3: I hear the hum
2: from the wires, the sounds of the morning creeping
3: I lie awake and pretend you can hear me You tell me that you're scared that you're turning into
2: your mother feel myself turn into my father. We could lie to each other like they do and say we're so happy. It's easy when you're young and you still want it so badly.
3: And I feel my heart
0: think that I might not
1: be here forever, forever, forever Welcome back to The Jeremiah Show Upon entering the Buckhorn Bar You may think you have stepped back in time to the 1950s as you kick the dust off your boots, one wall is lined with buckheads, prizes from a local hunter, while another one is papered with old Kayama newspapers. The original swinging doors still hang in the bar's entry, right next to the original foam booth. What's a foam booth? I haven't seen one of those in years. Spirits are displayed on repurposed wooden crate shells And a reclaimed wood bar top runs the length of the room. Yeah, I like this place. Candles and soft lighting warm the space. And it's here you will find the local ranchers side by side chatting it up with the city folk. Who have made the drive from as far as Los Angeles and as near as Bakerfield or nearby San Luis Obispo. This is also where you will find Sam Seidenberg. He's the bar lead. Behind the bar, he welcomes you in. Big smile. He has been shaking up drinks at the Buckhorn Bar for the past three years. Or you might find General Manager Scott Oggett. He's the General Manager, the sommelier. He could be working the floor, he's at the door. He's welcoming you in, promptly getting you a great table, and suggesting a wine from his wine list of nearly 60 wines, which offer more than a few surprise and delight moments. He's very proud of his list, and he should be. So after your cocktail, of course, he walks you through the list. Scott recognizes that Coyama Buckhorn is in the Santa Barbara County, which is one of the country's top wine producing regions. But he also wants to introduce his guests to wines from other regions that are making their best versions of a particular grape varietal. Think small regions of Italy and France, as well as Austri- Austria, Lebanon and Slovenia. Everyone who works at the Kleama Buckhorn shares a passion for talking to people, for welcoming people and sharing the stories of what makes Cuyama Buckhorn so great, and the town of Cuyama, and the valley in which they live. It seems that the environment is made perfect by these staff members, and the guests find themselves talking and learning intentionally or unintentionally about the area and each other. Welcome, my very special guest today. Joining me from Cuyama, uh General Manager Scott Oggett and Bar Lead Sam Seidenberg. I had to, Sam, I, I, I have to say again, you've got one of the most creative, best ideas for a uh, Zoom background that I've ever seen. I think everybody should take Sam's lead from now on. And we all go outside when we do these meetings.
4: <laughs> the old backyard, 100, 100 degrees already, and it's just noon. Oh, is it a <laughs> hundred? Well, the bird sounds be, yeah.
1: behind you. You got like a yep. backup bird. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, they Sarah, I mean, ambiance. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's awesome, man. I love it. Uh, you guys are both uh, storytellers. You tell stories not only about your home to, not you know, your hometown, but the town that you're working in right now, in the at the Coahoma Buckhorn. But you also tell stories through your menus, which I find so interesting. Um, and I can't wait for the conversation today. I did not, I was not aware. And I've lived in California pretty much my whole life. Quayoma, I, I was not aware of that. So let's start there. Tell me about the town, the Valley, the river, what makes it so special to both of you guys?
4: Well, I mean, for me, yeah, I came out just like anybody else, just like, you know, maybe you jeremiah you know even people that are born and raised in santa barbara county or santa barbara proper younger generations like this is kind of an obscure spot in california you know and people who grow up or live nearby or you know transplants nearby haven't heard of it or maybe have seen it on a map seen it on a weather map you know um but uh just don't quite know what's there you know and and, i mean it's been like this for a while in terms of uh, it's 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 on a gateway uh we're on we're off of highway 166 which is one of the most major thoroughfares in this section of california from i-5 the grapevine to the 101 you know so um it's a major trucking route right and it's a major route for people trying to get from inland to the coast who live in this part of california but i mean a lot of people don't stop you know um I, I didn't plan on stopping. I came here for a backpacking trip and we know we border up to the Los Padres national forest. There's 600,000 acres of, of, uh, you know, federally recognized wilderness behind us. And, um, I I did a trip near Ojai in the Sespe wilderness. And that's kind of what pulled me over here. You know, um, I needed a place to stay. I had a connection whose sister had lived in Cuyama. And, um, anyway, they pointed me to the buckhorn bit of a long story, but, uh, but I stayed there and I ultimately ended up falling in love with the place, um, through means of just proximity at first, you know, we've got the ocean 52 miles away. Like I said, I've got national forest behind me. I've got, you know, the Sequoias two hours away the biodiversity within this region, within small chunks of land, you know, really highlights what California has going for it. And that's that biodiversity, you know, yeah. mountains, desert, ocean, uh, old growth, sequoias, the Southern tip of the Sierras, you know, it's all right here. And we're literally right in the middle of it, you know? Um,
1: and you source a lot of your ingredients for your bar from the area. Like you're inspired by that. And we're going to get to that in just a moment, but let me yeah. talk to Scott real quick. Scott, as general manager sommelier uh you've got sam here your bar lead he he obviously he has the passion for telling stories right isn't that a great isn't that a great quality for a bar man (laughs) a hundred percent he's also a great quality to have as a partner on a podcast
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go silent
4: yeah
1: (laughs) no i love it because you know when you a lot of people go to the bar that's singles, right? It's, it, they go to the bar, they yeah. sit down and they're uncomfortable sometimes that if you've got a great barman, a great bar lead that just loves to make people feel comfortable. Um, that's what you, you have already done, Sam. So I, 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 I was thinking, I've been a general manager of restaurants before. So I've been thinking of I'm putting myself in Scott's shoes and thinking, I feel comfortable sending people to the bar because I know Sam's going to take such good care of them, not only in the, the drinks that you've created, but in the uh, comfort level. So that's very, very nice. That's yeah. a
4: compliment, Sam. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, thank you. Um, and it's interesting that you say that, you know, I, I bartended in cities too, you know, um, San Francisco, LA, um, I bartended in Portland, Oregon for a long, long time. That's why I learned how to bartend or I got a passion for it, you know? Um, but, uh, I would say that that goes a long way in cities as well. In San Francisco, there's a lot of people who moved out there for work. You know, it's kind of a tough um, social scene to break into in a lot of ways. A lot of people, I'm not going to call it antisocial, but you know, people are protective and they live in their own bubbles in the city. And a lot of people are brand new there, you know, fresh out of grad school. Um, And I had so many people at the bar in San Francisco, at, at multiple bars in San Francisco who would come alone, you know, and I could just tell like, um, They're social people. They wanted to talk. They wanted to have friends. They wanted to have that conversation, but they came alone and you'd see a lot of people struggle to find somebody to talk to at a bar. So I I did a lot of that in cities too. And you do a lot of that, do a lot of that here, but, um, it it is a skill and making someone feel comfortable at a bar, um, whether they're alone or with a big group or whatever, you know, is something that, uh, that, you know, I've just naturally sort of learned. And I I don't know if I had that before, you know, but bars, working at a bar brings out a lot of interesting skills and social skills that you might not have had before. And it it sort of forces you to, to have that there, you know, otherwise Mm -hmm. you're going to feel weird because you're on stage back there, you know, you are. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, you for sure you are. Uh, Scott, tell us a little bit about your background, both of you Sam, you, you talked about your background a little bit. Both of you have worked in some really great, prestigious properties. And then both of you have ended up in Clioma. And I don't say that. Uh, I've never been there. But I love how you picked this location after working in these huge metropolis cities with, uh, with all to- types of guests. And now you have found a home and you've created a piece of that in the environment that you're in. Scott, talk about what you're proud about, about the, your property as a general manager, Uh, a little bit of your history, if you wouldn't mind.
2: Sure. Uh, I got my, I cut my teeth in Boston um, where I grew up. Uh, My first gig was at a friend's restaurant called La Cantina in Framingham, Massachusetts. And uh, I started off there as a busser, barback, bartender. And then I went to college in Miami and Paid my way through college working at a couple bars, and then I had a um, by chance got scored this badass job working at this restaurant called The Forge, which was a one of one of the best restaurants in Miami. Had a crazy uh, wine cellar attached to the side of it. Had like three hundred thousand bottles of wine on premise. Uh, we used to compete with for best wine list on East Coast with Burns Steakhouse mm-hmm. every year. <laughs> Uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, tons of stories there. I got my level one sommelier certification there. I moved on to Dallas where I worked for Matt McAllister at FT 33, uh, James Beard award nominated restaurant. And then when I moved back home to Boston, I worked for Ken Oranger, which is runs one of the best restaurant groups in the world. I think, I mean, he's got like seven restaurants. Every chef's got a James Beard award. And so when I was at uni, Tony Machina won, uh, James Beard Award, Best Chef Northeast United States, and so um, working for those people, you are under the microscope all the time with, you know, all the all the press and and competing restaurants, bar programs, wine directors, and it really challenges you to put your best foot forward and do all your homework and make sure that you're, you know, staying with not not even staying with the trends, maybe setting them, um, and and trying to just stay creative and and be interesting and and have a story and rhyme and reason for everything that you're doing
1: Um, how do you what do you feel like you're you're setting the trend how are you setting the trend at kuyama buckhorn is there is there something that you're really proud of that you're working on that you're trying to introduce to the hospitality world
2: definitely i think uh when you when you're in the city and stuff um there's a lot of talk about farm to table and stuff, which is kind of funny to me a little bit, because you're, I mean, the closest farm is probably a couple of hours away. Uh, where we're we're out here and we're surrounded by farmers and stuff. So when we talk about sustainability and stuff, uh, it's like real deal here. Like there's there's some stuff we can't get delivered here. Um, and so sourcing stuff from local farmers, Sam's a huge uh hiking guy so he's constantly on his days off out in the woods with his family and he'll always come back with bags of crazy produce stuff i haven't heard of uh that is edible and is okay to put in drinks and stuff it's been <laughs> to, like kind of mess around with that stuff and it's challenging and and then the seasons are sometimes short for some of these things so it's like in you know three weeks it's on the uh as a special and then bam we're on to the next thing and It's so,
1: authentic though. That's authentic. You know, very, that's, very that's really farm to table or farm to glass. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That term. Did you, is that term out there? I haven't heard it. I've been in the hospitality business forever. Yeah. So maybe I'm, I'm losing it, but I, uh, gla- what? uh how do you say it? It's farm to glass? Farm to glass. Uh So I wouldn't you guys say coin
2: that. that. I'm sure somebody's coined that. There's yeah. a, so there's a there's a really cool bar that I follow, uh, on social media in, uh, France. I think it's in Paris and it's called little red door and they have a garden to glass program. So that, ours was kind of inspired by that. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to yeah, say we coined anything, mm-hmm. but definitely inspiration from people <laughs> doing cool, cool stuff. So.
1: Yeah, I like it. I, it, it brings the mind, uh, it was very vivid imagery. And I like, and it, it, it tells me what you're doing, you know, without. And and then I've got to get there and see it. So, Sam, uh, you know, what, what kind of things are you foraging out there that you're finding on your hikes that you're well, proud of that you're bringing back to the bar?
4: I was really happy with this winter. We got some really cool, you know, Manzanita might be considered endangered in the West in the state of California. And, and it is, you know, but out here uh, and even out to Santa Barbara, you know, um, all along the Los Padres, all the way to Ojai, all the way to. Uh, you know the grapevine basically we have manzanita in droves it's everywhere in fact you know it's one of those things that when i'm out there backpacking and hiking (laughs) it's annoying there's so much manzanita
1: explains what it tastes like what it smells like for people that don't know
4: well it has two different stages manzanita man it has it has a couple different stages but manzanita is what the spanish here called little apple right manzana apple um so little apples they because In the fall, when they are fully ready, they produce a berry, um, that looks like a little apple and almost tastes like a tart, you know, it's still got some sweetness to it, but a tart kind of acidic little apple, uh, it has the texture of an apple too, kind of that foamy crunch, you know, with that, um, with that tight skin. Uh, so, but, but before all that, and in the winter, and this is where it gets tricky in the winter, especially with this last winter, um they they flower, right? And these flowers, um, have a really nice nectar, in them, uh, a really floral kind of like, um, um, like this, uh, concentrated floral nectar, uh, you know, you have to get a lot of them, but, but there's a really short season for them, especially if it gets really cold, they don't like to survive, you know, below freezing. And especially if they get wet and then they freeze, they're, they're cooked, you know, there's, they're no longer available. So this year, I was able to get out kind of at the perfect time and forage some of that along with early uh, yerbasanta. Yerbasanta has different stages too. Yerba Santa can get really, really bitter, you know, um, after spring or even even during early spring, you know, but um, early in the year, early in the season, it has this really cool, it's not quite bitter. It almost has this gum-like. I know that the Chew mash used to chew it for gum. They used it for all sorts of different medicinal purposes, but it has a really cool gum-like texture to it. Um, they, uh, for me, it, it kind of supplies this cooling herbal, um, grassy greeny sort of effect. Um, but again, it has different stages, you know, it depends on when you pick it, but early in the year is really cool for the combination of those, you know? So I put like a mezcal spritzer with prickly pear, um, on with, with those two things incorporated, but but like Scott said, you know, we had it for two weeks (laughs) and that, and that was it. There's no way to preserve those flowers. It's kind of of the moment. And I like that. I, it's do cool, you know? I do too. You know, yeah. it yeah. makes
1: you know it as a as a guest or someone that's following you. You it it makes you stay connected with what you're doing with, with your bar program. Same with you mm-hmm. with your beer program, Scott. I mean your beer program. Uh, I started salivating a little bit. I, I wanted yeah. to, to taste a few of those beers. Um, what are you most? What do you like the most right now, Scott, on your beer list that you've you brought on? Oh man. Uh, I've got so many cool things. It's hard to hard to pick, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah. I got a, I got a ton of stuff from Oxbow up in Maine, uh, which is one of my favorite breweries. Um, we have a farmhouse ale by them. That's huge. We have the, we have a, a farmhouse ale that I've been do, uh, putting in the rooms that are in cans. And then I also have like a good size, like bomber and they're uh barrel aged, um, those are really good they're constant they're really small and so they're constantly evolving um mm-hmm. with their the different styles of beers and stuff so i'm trying to keep them on all the time jester king which is one of my favorite yeah. breweries also there in austin mm-hmm. uh i have a, a bomber by them called snorkel which is made with uh uh trumpet mushrooms and smoked sea salt it's like a sour ale uh, which sounds crazy, but it's very subtle, and it drinks. I mean, if you're like a wine person, uh, or like a, I don't know, like nerdy beer people, uh, it, it's it's a size. It's a 750, so it's the size of a wine bottle. It's something you'd share, um, but it's something you like. It's it's something you wanted to sit and sip and enjoy. It can be a good food wine, uh, food beer, and then I have oh. a few from uh, Anchorage Brewing, some super hard to find stuff. Uh, like teeth and then sent by liars. Sent by liars is a uh um imperial stout, uh, and this thing I, I forget what the cost was, but I have to sell it for $99 a bottle, and that's giving back to the guests, it should be like 130 bucks. <laughs> wow, yeah, we've but but surprisingly, like I put these things on the menu, it's for me, it's checking a box. Some of this stuff, it's not, I'm gonna expect to sell you know a hundred dollar beer like more than like three or four times in a, an entire year but it's checking a box for like the beer nerds that are traveling and we're in the middle of nowhere so to like come in here and have this super lengthy beer list with like 30 beers and have stuff like that um it's i don't know i think it's, it's we're just trying to have that like surprise factor of you know you like walk into this bar you're expecting budweiser and Light only and then you yeah. open up the beer menu, and you're like, "What the heck?" <laughs> like, it's like an oasis in the, the
1: city. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like you found paradise in the middle yeah, yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. Um, how do the? Like, when we talked about when we opened up, the farmers are sitting next to the the, the people that come in from the cities, L.A. and Santa Barbara, and all over, from all over San Francisco, all over the world to to check it out, Coahoma Buckhorn. How do they? How do they react to? Uh, the beer list, the wine list, the cocktail list. Is there something for everyone, or or are well, the farmers' no, okay. are the are there are there, their takes <laughs> elements? Are they are they? Sounds are like Sam wants. Well. <laughs> <you>? Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think that's the most important part of how I want to run this bar program. And it's a delicate balance. It's a difficult balance. It's even harder for the kitchen somewhere like this too. We have such a wide array. I always say this. We have such a wide array of customers that walk in that door. I have said this before. We have a wider array. Believe it or not, nobody will believe this, but I have a more broad clientele base at the Kuyama Buckhorn than I had In the Mission District in San Francisco, bartending, you know, you never know who's going to walk through that door. You never know who's going to stay in the hotel. The wild card is the road. You never know who's going to be driving down that road or why, you know, it could be a million different reasons, you know, and, um, and that's hard. That's, you know, a lot of bars that I've worked for, whether they'd like to admit it or not, have most definitely designed uh their menu and everything their interior every part about it for a very specific clientele base they're um they have you know um, and 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 with the buckhorn we uh we, we can't do that it's impossible you know you can't you you can't control who comes in that door and that's the beauty of it too you know the buckhorns motto has been since the beginning come as you are and that's the way this place is and has to be and has always been i feel like you know um, but as far as, as far as we, how we can create that balance, it's like, you know, Scott said, you, you walk into this bar, you expect probably Jack Daniels, Fireball, Coors Light, Bud Light. Um, and you see, you have so many more options in that, you know, we have Obscure Amaros and Apertifs and Digestifs and a pretty like, um, uh, full-on selection of all that, you know, we have a mini whiskey library and, um, four rows of scotch, you know, I have a wild gin selection, both with California, like new Western and gins from all around the world, you know, India. Um, but, uh, but, but I also have Bud Light and Coors Light (laughs) and I also have Miller High Life. And I also have, you know, I have, I want everybody to come in that bar. I think part of being a good bar, being a good bartender, you know, is having, is being able to make anybody who walk in that door, happy, comfortable. Like we talked about in the beginning, you know, you need to feel comfortable in a bar if you want to stay a while, you know? So we, we do, we have something for everybody and that's constantly on my mind. Um, having something for everybody and, um, and, and not just having something for everybody, but being able to have something, um, that goes above and beyond for everybody too, you know, and mm-hmm. we've paid homage to to locals through cocktails on the list, you know, per, pretty thoroughly. And, um, whether they drink it or not, you know, it's there and they're acknowledged, you know. Um, but yeah, it is a, it is definitely something we need to consider at this restaurant on every step of the way, you know, because people that come from Bakersfield or even the five cities or especially here, you know, have very different needs and palates and different ideas of what they want when they walk into a bar or a restaurant than folks coming from LA or San Francisco or Santa Barbara, you know, it's yeah. just... Uh, you know that's the beauty of it, though The worlds collide. You know, and worlds collide, <laughs> you know. And,
1: uh, and 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 everybody feels comfortable. That's the most yeah. to me. That's the most important in a bar or restaurant that everybody feels at home. I'm talking with general manager and sommelier Scott Agate of the Buckhorn Bar at Cuyama Buckhorn, with bar lead Sam Seidenberg. Together, these two—they are the team. They're the the guys. Welcoming you into this high desert hideaway. Kioma Buckhorn sits on the highway 166 between Santa Maria and Bakersfield, California, nestled in what is referred to as the Hidden Valley of Enchantment. It's a fitting name for this hidden gem of a region. Cuyoma Buckhorn neighbors, small farms, ranches, wineries, and natural landmarks, including Rizzo. Plain National Monument, the Los Padres National Forest, and Bitter Creek Wildlife Preserve. Uh, You'll see everybody up at the Buckhorn. Motorcyclists, pilots, farmers, people from around the country, around the world, and everybody is welcome. Again, I'm with General Manager Somelier Scott Oggett and uh, bar lead Sam Seidenberg. We'll be right back. They run Buckhorn Bar at the Oklahoma Buckhorn. be right back.
2: I had a dream stuck somewhere in between
0: the water and the beach oh, both worlds out of
2: reach So with elegance
1: and the style caught a wave and took a ride.
0: Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on CORE Radio. Keep on rocking to the CORE. CORE Radio, the Jeremiah Show, airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursday. Core Radio. rocks. Hi, my name's Sam. I'm at the
4: Cuyama Buckhorn Bar here in New Cuyama, California. Come take a drive down Highway 166 and join me and Scott for a cocktail. You're listening to the Jeremiah Show.
0: And we're back with The Jeremiah Show. Face, she wants the wine. He brings a case He carry them on through. I said, You know what? I know about the bedroom boys under cover Russians and a pink Rolls Royce. They bang the drum, she sets the beat. They carry Miss America out into the street. They sing Snowman, Scarecrow, John Doe.
1: You Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. Let me set the scene for you. We're up in high desert For the service and the cocktail program, the spirits, lights, beer and wine lists and more. The menu, the food, make this historic bar. Two hours, only two hours and five minutes from my maps right now at this moment. North of Santa Barbara. You go up there, you have a great night at the bar with Sam, your barman. He'll take good care of you. He'll tell you great stories about the area, his cocktails. You got Scott on the floor. Love to show you his wine list and his beer list. These two guys are running a really great operation. Tayama Buckhorn, the Buckhorn Bar. It's locally inspired locally infused cocktails beer and wine program the reason to get out of town get off the couch drive up there and stay overnight at the hotel welcome back guys thanks yeah my special guest just in case you're just tuning in right now uh if you're just jumping in your car and you're 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 thinking of heading south but now that you've heard this you're going to turn around and head north we're talking to Sam Seidenberg. He's the bar lead. We're talking to General Manager sommelier Scott Agate of the Buckhorn Bar at the Cuyama Buckhorn. All right. So let's talk about the, 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 the property, the hotel, the restaurant, the bar was owned originally. Sam, I think you're going to take this one because you've got the story, the tip of your tongue here. Tell us a little bit about the, the place.
4: Um, the town itself, the town site. Koyama, new Koyama specifically, we have old Koyama just east of us, you know, and that was the original town site. When this community pre-oil was a small farming and agricultural ranching town, you know, very small community. Um, In the 50s, uh, specifically 1952, when the Buckhorn was born, um, the town site was built uh, specifically for oil to, to house the employees for Richfield, Arco. Um, who started drilling oil, right. Put a refinery up there, tons of derricks, drills, pumps, um, they're pumping oil out of the ground. Um, so they built the hotel for oil business, essentially. Um, right. They put an airstrip in so people could fly in, um, the public airstrip then, uh, then yeah, the, the hotel was, you know, part of it, it was sort of a community hub, you know, they had a bar, a restaurant. It was really one of the only things besides the post office that was in the town site, you know, this town, originally this whole town site, new Kuyama was supposed to be temporary. Um, this wasn't supposed to be here forever. And I don't know how long they planned on keeping this here, you know, but basically until the oil was gone, um, over the years, you know, 30, 40, 50 years later, well, I guess, yeah. Um, oil starts drying up resources start dwindling you know they kind of move further inland if you drive up to taft you know halfway from here to bakersfield button willow arvin these whole areas you'll still see tons of refineries and oil you know they sort of started moving it inland you know to further find oil and we still have oil <clears throat> drilling and processing here but it's just on a much much smaller scale. In the meantime, you know, you have a a town site with two hundred houses that originally housed only Richfield workers. But you know, it's sort of a build it and they will come thing, you know, um community starts building around that. And other things start happening than just working in oil fields, you know. Um, the
1: idea was and, it to build build this I mean, it sounds like a boutique type hotel, like something you'd find in San Francisco or New uh-huh. York or l a. Um, with your bar program, well, your wine program, your beer program, whose idea was it to create this, take this old hotel or motel and turn it into this kind of destination spot in town, in a well,
4: small town like this? Those are our owners, uh, Jeff and Ferial. Um They originally, Jeff has some history with, with this spot. And um, I think, you know, they've always wanted to kind of dip their toes into the boutique hotel industry. You know, Jeff's an architect and Ferrell's one of his lead designers. And this is um, this is a project that they had been talking about for a long time. And, and the timing was just right from what I can tell in terms of the Buckhorn and it coming up for sale. And um, so that's that's their idea in terms of the new vision of Buckhorn, you know, <clears throat> over the and years. How about Buckhorns- you guys?
1: How did the two of you get together, Scott and Sam? I mean, you guys seem like a really great kind of a team that's been trained around the world have come to this small town. And I'm sure the owners are very um, happy to have you bring your expertise to their hotel, the motel. Would it be called a hotel or a motel still?
4: Boutique hotel. Boutique hotel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, How did you two come together and partner and all that? Initially I was a, initially I was a guest.
2: Okay. I, I, I moved to California chasing my wife, Emma, and uh, her and I came down here for our friend's 40th birthday party, stayed at the hotel, uh, had never heard of it, and I had never heard of Nukuyama, and Sam happened to be the guy behind the bar, and I immediately... Else. <laughs> yeah, immediately recognized talent. Um, I've been running some pretty crazy places all over, and so when I saw the the liquor selection and then just saw his techniques and stuff. I was it's like, okay, this is, this is special. And, uh, and then Sam and I became buddies just through that. And then two years later I get a cold call. Somebody's looking for a general manager. And I happened to be in a play time in my life where I was uh, looking and, um, entertained the idea. And then the second I met Feriel and Jeff, uh, I had explained to my wife spec- like, i told her i have to work for these people um and i still feel that way
1: is uh, your was your wife living in Quayama, or when you uh, said you followed her were, yes. were you guys living in separate areas or different a different area at the time we, we met in dallas she moved to Morro bay
2: and okay. uh so we still have a house in Morro bay and then we have a little house here it's about an hour and a half commute my wife runs the san luis obispo art museum she's a chief curator and so uh, we spend it like, a couple nights a- apart, um, but for the most part, she's here on the weekends. I go home for a few days and uh, enjoy my fishing life. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> and then I'm Very here nice. in the high desert for work. So,
1: All right, guys, we got to take another quick break. I love that story. I love how you guys came together. Bar lead Sam Seidenberg and general manager and sommelier Scott Algott of the Buckhorn Bar at the Kayoma Buckhorn Boutique Hotel. You got to take a drive up and check it out. Um, and let me give you out their website, CoyamaBuckhorn.com. So you spell Coyama, C-U-Y-A-M-A, Buckhorn.com. And you can find them on Facebook at the same name and on Instagram at the same name. I uh, started following them today and I can't wait to get up there. The location's 4923 Primero Street, New Coyoma, California couple hours out of santa barbara like if you're looking for something to do on the weekend or midweek get up there these guys will take good care of you my special guests once again our lead sam seidenberg and general manager and some lead, scott oggett of the buckhorn bar at ClayoMA buckhorn we'll be right back
2: and it's one more day up in the canyon and it's one more night in Hollywood. And so long since I've seen the ocean. I guess I should. I, I,
0: Out. Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge, we support Radio India Alliance.com.
2: Hi, my name's Scott Oggett. I'm the general manager and sommelier here at Kuyama Buckhorn. Come on down, all you beer and wine nerds, and let's see what we got on the list. You're listening to the Jeremiah Show.
3: Hey, it's Tim Stack, and having been in show business for so long, I have a lot of
1: really funny friends, and you can hear them all on It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. That's part of The Jeremiah Show. So listen. to the Jeremiah Show. What a fun time spending up in uh, Coyoma, New Coyoma at the Buckhorn. Hanging out with Sam Seidenberg. He's the bar lead. You'll find him behind the bar. Welcoming you in and you gotta try some of his cocktails. We didn't get to this but God's Country. Man, that sounds like a great cocktail. I wanted to hear about that. Um, I don't think we have time but maybe we do. Sam's a good talker. He can he could probably fit it in there. And Sommelier And General Manager Scott Oggett, he's got a great beer list, an amazing beer list. I was looking over it. You got to check it out online. Go to uh, kyomabuckhorn.com, check out the menus. And uh, there's a new summer menu coming. We haven't talked about the food, but we got a few minutes here left, guys. Tell us about your chef, the food, new sous chef, your summer menu. Sure, we got uh, our head chef's name is uh, Daniel Horn.
2: We just brought on a uh, chef de cuisine, Amris Love, and together uh, they're got kind of a barbecue slash fire themed menu. Um, We have a huge, we have a couple different fire pits here on property, Um, so you'll see everything from uh, smoked tri tip to I think we're gonna be adding some grilled uh, steaks. Uh, There's a smoked uh pulled pork dish
4: um but yeah uh classic country elevated um with uh with a lot of local resources yeah
1: start off with a god's country right
4: sam yeah god's country um one of the most um (laughs) surprising cocktails on the menu i suppose right now um you know, it's a nod to, uh, to what's ordered out here. I get asked a lot, what do locals drink? What do locals drink? And oftentimes that's Coors Light. And maybe on a Saturday, you know, a whiskey. And so how do you put that into a cocktail? How do you kind of honor that and kind of tongue in cheek way of, uh, you know, paying homage to what locals drink out here? You know, well, um, I took we have a cattle company down the road. Um, they raise beef. And, um, they actually raise Wagyu here in Kuyama, you know, uh, they're called three H cattle company, Aaron, uh, the guy who runs it, who owns it, <clears throat> he goes to Japan and, and, uh, for these long three week seminars on, you know, proper Wagyu. And anyway, he's taken that back to Kuyama, which I think is really cool. I take the fat. We use that in our kitchen. We have uh, the Valley burger we use, we grill Wagyu steaks. So we get a lot of fat trimming from that, you know? Uh, taking that trimming and utilizing that not to waste, you know, we rendered it down. I fat washed a rye whiskey with that by just rendering it down, melting that fat and giving that, that uh, rye a good wash. Um, essentially for mouthfeel purposes, it gives a little bit of earthiness, but it gives it this velvety body. That's really nice. And I kind of created, or we created a, uh, a savory rye old fashioned, right? Um, we cooked down a case, like r- reduced a case of Coors Light and sort of made like a Coors Light cordial, which to me drinks like a, uh, toasted barley, you know, cordial. Um, and it just gives it a nice top end. You know, it also adds a level of sweetness to the drink and that where the sugar cube would be in the old fashioned. And then I used a, uh, Nixta Mexican corn liqueur, which is a liqueur uh, made from corn distillate, but then macerated with both raw and roasted corn. And, uh, you know, it kind of goes with the whole country theme. You know, you have corn, beef, whiskey, Coors Light, you know, you got it all in one cocktail somehow. And it started off as a novelty idea for fun, but we actually really dialed it down. And I think it has a lot of context and it's one of our most popular cocktails and it's an all season. You can drink it any time. You'll be able to get it any time at the Buckhorn, whether it's on the menu or not. You know, it's something I'll always have because I think it's I think it's fun to have. And yeah, that's uh, that's what it is. I love it. I love it. So, hey, served sure served like a whiskey neat.
2: Um, <laughs> we went, yes, full nerd on that one. <laughs> what would you say, Scott? I said we went full nerd on that one. <laughs> all, the, all the cocktail geeks will appreciate it when they come up. It's super balanced.
1: Hey, I love nerds, especially beer, wine, and liquor nerds, exactly. and food. Scott, uh, would you like to say goodbye to anybody, hi to anybody, thank you to anybody, or speak to your uh, your, your current guests or your guests that are dri- making the drive up to you right now? Anything? Yeah, you'd like to I say? mean, I, what I'd really like to do is invite any service industry people
2: up. Uh, we're running a, maybe running like a promo. If anyone wants to email me, it's scott at com. Let me know where you're working. Uh, we'll be doing a pretty significant discount to get you up here and, uh, going into slow season, um, come up here and get some rest. We got a pool, jacuzzi, sauna, outdoor billiard table. And, uh, I don't know, great, great place to get away and come nerd out with me and Sam. Um, but we'd like to take, take care and give back to our hospitality community.
1: So I like that. That's what I'd like to finish with. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Scott. Sam, your final words.
4: I'd like to thank Ariel and Jeff for, you know, um, always keeping an open mind and fostering this environment and community and wanting to expand on that and really including everybody and everything local in this project. You know, I think they're doing a great job and I'm, I'm really am proud to work for them in this business and, and can't wait to see what it becomes. Ultimately, Um, thank everybody that works for the Buckhorn, all their hard work. You know, we have a small tight staff and we do a good job, you know, it, it, it takes a lot to run a hotel and a bar and a restaurant all combined and everybody's learning. And this is just, uh, there's some people here that it's new for, you know, and, um, I just want to thank everybody for their patience and, uh, understanding and, and, you know, thirst for knowledge. And, uh, we're all in it together. And I think this place is going to be something so special. Um, if it's not already, it absolutely will be. But yeah. It, is it
1: sounds pretty special mm-hmm. you that was bar lead sam seidenberg and general manager and sommelier up at the uh kioma buckhorn and new clamma scott oggett he's the general manager in case i didn't make that clear and you can check him out on uh, kioma com. and scott i'll give your uh and if sam if you'd like me to as well in the podcast um copy i'll put out your emails and your invite to um, industry professionals to come up and check you out. I I love that idea. Okay. Uh, Thanks, guys. That was great. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Jeremiah. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you. And I'll see you soon. Communicate. But listen more and evolve. Everybody have a great day and get up to Kioma Buckhorn Highway 166. It's a beautiful day.
0: or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve.
3: My name's Danny Trejo. Jeremiah, you're loved, Holmes. I
0: love you. I love you.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.